another episode of Glowing Weak Point. We are far along here. Like, what, what week is it today? Uh, this is week 31 of us doing this show. 31. 31. Dang. Yeah. How does it feel, That's John, to lot. have, been, to have uh, been doing a podcast for more than half a year at this point? Man, it's crazy that we've been doing a podcast for more than half a year and we still haven't gotten a single comment or follow or anything on any of our socials. You know, you just have to not think about that too much. <laughs> you just have to you just have to roll along with it. You know, we're having fun just doing it, you know? Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess so. Uh, I mean, I have fun with this. I mean, I do too. <laughs> I'll agree with that. It is, it is fun, um, and that is the real reason why we're doing this. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what's what's been the glowing point of your week? Uh, has it been work? I it bet has, it hasn't been work. I bet I bet you it hasn't, um, because work's been boring as shit. Uh, like my my new position at at work. That was my glowing weak point last week. Um. Yeah. It's a lot of standing around doing nothing. <laughs> like, it's one of those jobs where I could easily be there, like, three less hours a day and still get the same job done. Yeah, but you're getting paid for those three hours. I am, but can they you... could just pay me more for the other nine hours I'm there and just send me home three hours earlier, <laughs> and my job would still be done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that might change closer to the holidays is because you're you're like reclaiming damaged things right? yeah essentially so as uh, as things like further on um as things pick up from people slinging them around because it's the holidays you might you might have more to do there you would think that but they sling things around equally violently all year round <laughs> <laughs> And All right. post-holiday, we're actually going to be losing our uh, candy section, which is where most of our recoup comes from. So it's going to get oh, even yeah. more boring come January. Yeah. But uh, my actual glowing weak point, uh, I guess I'll just say that uh, Bofuri Volume 3 came out this month. And I got a copy of it yeah. in my hand right now. It's, uh, mm. it's real nice. Looking forward to reading it? this. Oh, so you haven't even read it yet. No, it just came in, like, two days ago. Gotcha. Yeah. But okay. I like holding it in my hand. It's got a it's got a really nice picture of uh, Maple in her white angel outfit on the cover. Well, I, I have, um... I have one thing that I really like, um... And then another thing that's kind of a shill. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. So, <laughs> but it's not my fault. It's just I'm super happy about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, the the one thing is, uh, we went to the, um, the craft store again this week. And uh, I'm, I'm big into going to craft stores. It's, not Hobby Lobby, right? I'm a fan of it. Uh, well, I try to avoid that place as much as possible. Okay. Um, cause, you know, again, they're, they're not great people. Right. 
they they steal artifacts and uh claim they're a person so they don't have to uh provide uh contraceptive yeah. care to women that work for them yeah yeah um but you went but to I, a craft store yeah, I went to a craft store and I have I, I started a, a little cross stitch um, thingy. Okay, how's yeah. that coming along? Um, I'm like twenty stitches in or something. It's very time consuming. Right, I don't know anything <laughs> about cross stitch, so it's. I mean, it's pretty easy. Honestly, it's just time consuming. Right. And then I also, um, I'm apparently very frustrated because the other thing I did is gone. Uh oh. And that is. Uh, oh no. Not Where'd it making go? me happy. Um, so the other thing's a bit of a shill. Uh, this week I had a great idea for a design. And so I did it, and um, let me just, I'll shoot you the pictures I sent to someone else. I uh, i made a little design for a t-shirt that I'm selling now on uh, the Gentleman's Gank Teespring store. Okay, it's a, it's a tree with a couple of people standing beside it, um, and the sun is setting on a pink horizon and then there's like a little purple stripe and a blue stripe oh it's not two people uh, it's one person painting beside a tree yeah and there's like a ship on the water is that a ship yeah well that that's a um submarine poking its head out but uh this is a really good design i like it uh the tree's really beautiful especially yeah do you do you notice anything about the color scheme uh, pink, lavender, and blue. Um, I, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, give me a second. I'll send you something that might help you a little bit better. Does that look familiar? No, it still doesn't. Oh. It's, it's the, the bisexual pride flag. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I don't keep track of which colors or which flags or anything. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. if it was the trans flag, I probably would have recognized it, because I see that one on Twitter a lot more than uh, the bisexual flag. Yeah, because people forget about those. Yeah. I also did uh, this one, which is gender fluid. No, non-binary. Okay. So is that a yeah, dodo? Just a fun little. It's a kiwi. It's a kiwi. Okay. Yeah. I like a kiwi. So just yeah, just a uh, fun little pictures I put on shirts and and I completely designed from scratch and was really happy with. Yeah, I and like them. Yeah. Yes, it's a shill, but I'm genuinely just super happy about it. I mean, these are shirts I would buy. Yeah. So, yeah, good job. Uh, I guess that's my glowing weak point. Okay. So we, we got so, a bit uh, of a weirder episode this month because it's the uh, the start of the fall anime season, 
And I guess yep. now, like every anime season start, we're gonna do a, a episode about the the stuff we're watching. Is that right, John? No, we're just doing it this time. Oh, only this time? Never again in the yeah. future. Yeah. No, we will never ever talk about anime ever again. Right. I mean, no, anime is, is garbage. Anime, this, anime is a mistake. This, <laughs> this is the second time we've done this, as as people might remember. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll we'll probably keep doing this as new seasons come along. Right. And, and I said anime was a mistake, and some of these anime we watched were a mistake. Yes, actually, <laughs> quite a few of these are ones I will not be continuing. Not not even giving it the three episode rule. Uh, I'm just not going to continue them. Uh, do you want to start with one of those? Uh, well, yeah, sure. I'll I'll start with one of the ones that I'm definitely not, and then I I know one that you're definitely not. So I'm going to let you handle that one. Um, okay, we're in agreement on it. Uh, Miruko Chan. Okay, so we have both watched <laughs> this one. Um, you, yes. you're not going to continue watching it. I have watched Correct. the second episode that's come out by now. I, I have as well. Okay. I, in fact, um, I, I have, I am fully up to date on every single one of these anime. All right. It's just, uh, I, I had to give that one and, uh, the one right after it on my list and right before it on your list, the same second chance before absolutely cutting it. Um, <laughs> So, Miruko-chan is a horror comedy show. <laughs> That's an accurate way of putting it. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a horror comedy show in which uh, the title character, Miruko-chan, can, uh, suddenly is able to see dead people and spirits and very, very creepy things. But, in order to not have them target her any more than they already do she chooses to ignore their entire existence uh you said that and that's the title that that's her name i don't think that's actually her name you're 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 right miko is her name yeah, yeah. i don't know where mie ruko comes from um because that's no. not her name yeah it also doesn't get translated to to english it's just miroko chan yeah so um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so this anime is weirdly horny. Um, but there are not a lot as of, much as others on this list. Not as much as others, but um, I, I have seen. Um, you know, Mother's Basement is a big uh, YouTube anime channel. Um, yes, I'm familiar. I follow him on uh, Twitter, and he's posted some comparison pictures between, like, or maybe it was his girlfriend, but um, they posted some comparison pictures between the manga and the anime, and in the anime, there's a whole lot of, like, close-up shots of the butt where it's, like, very um, pronounced, you might say, which is <laughs> not how the manga is drawn at all. Like, the anime is hmm. weirdly horny in comparison to hmm. the uh, source material. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting to point out. Uh, I There's there's a little bit of, like... Because I, I, can't, I can't speak to the difference between the manga and the anime. That's, that's entirely just the artist's 
take to it. Right. Um, there, there's definitely the iconic, very large boobed character. Uh, Hana. Um, yeah. 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 And, uh, aside from that, I, I haven't noticed a whole lot. I mean, I know in the second episode it took place, uh, a lot of it took place in the girls' locker room, but it didn't really push too much on that. Except with Hana. Uh, I, except with Hana. But I, I I actually thought they did a pretty good job with it being set in a girls' locker room and it not being, ooh, we're in a girls' locker room. It, it wasn't gonna make too gross about it. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, for anime, it is a gold standard, right? Um, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> uh, you you gotta understand that when when everything is super trashy, like anime is, um, this this was excellent. It was excellently handled. And there was nothing wrong with it. I mean, if you look at it from the real world perspective, it was trash. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you you, you gotta. You pointed out that the uh, the locker room scene wasn't uh, gross or anything, but that that is undercut in the same episode by the next story that <laughs> yeah. happens, where the, uh, the thing, ghost the is like the groping monster. Yeah, the one that's groping yeah. Hana's breast, and then they 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 set it off onto a nurse who also has large breasts, and it's just groping. Yeah, but that's her also got to be in the manga. <laughs> that uh, they they didn't make that up for the anime. I'm I'm certain. Yeah, that's just. That's just the manga authors also just a horny dude. Right. Or lady. Right, I don't um, know. <laughs> well, dude dude's gender non specific. I will fight for that. Okay. <laughs> um To me, I didn't get the comedy so much out of this. I mean there's there's some comedy in that yes, she's surrounded by this and, and how she reacts to it or doesn't, rather. Um, but mostly I feel like this is just a, hey, let's make a, a horror anime and not have it be an anime where we have to kill everyone every five seconds. Um, it's, it's definitely, if you're into horror, I would suggest this anime, but unless you really, really like horror, uh, I'm going to stay away. Uh, my interpretation is that it is a straight horror anime um, that is just so poorly done it becomes funny. Um, absolutely nothing about it is scary. And oftentimes, like like the situation where a ghost shows up is just objectively funny. It, and I don't <laughs> think it's supposed to be. I feel like the intent behind it is to be scary. Like when she lifts up the blanket... In the first episode, and there's the fucking ghost thing, just like in yeah, the, the blanket ghost with baby her. or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. I-, I thought that was supposed to be scary, and instead, it was deeply hilarious. <laughs> it it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Uh- <laughs> okay. I burst out laughing. <laughs> All right. Like I. I- it comes across as being as trying to be serious in a lot of these situations, and, and it just falls flat. Um, yeah. Now, sometimes it is supposed to be funny, but and that falls flat too. Like when it's trying to be serious, it it becomes funny, and when it's trying to be funny, it becomes awful. Uh. 
Yeah, I, I will agree. There there were some serious times where it was just like, mm, he didn't handle this right. Yeah. Um. Like the first time she sees a ghost, it it's not it it doesn't seem to be trying to be funny. Um, it's supposed to be like an actual scary situation, and I was just staring at it, uh, blank faced. Um. Yeah. And then, like, the groping monster shows up, and that's supposed to be funny, and it's just cringy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the next one. Which one do you want to do? Um, I mean, we have to talk about the fruit of evolution. Before I knew it, my life had it made. Um, so... Now... I, I, I want to mention that you, you posted about this, was it in the Discord or was it on Twitter? It was on our Discord. Uh, it was on your Discord. It was on Discord. Okay, yeah. I saw it on, you posted on Discord, and I went to look, and it was already on my list of things to watch. So, <laughs> I, I didn't pick this up because you, I, I specifically wanted to watch this, knowing from the beginning that this was going to be beyond trash isekai. Yeah, so uh, I, w- I want to let everybody know that I did do proper research for this episode. And, and when I say research, I mean that every time I watched a show, um, I have a separate Google Docs document here where I have listed all of the anime that I watched and a little blurb about them to remind me what they're about, right? Um, yeah. And the one for the Fruit of Evolution is the shortest of all of them. Uh it just says absolute shit isekai with piss poor animation even in the opening. Oh yeah, no the the oh the animation is so garbage in this. Like it's basically like, just they, moving still images across a screen in the opening yes, where they're supposed to be showing off the best that they can do. The animation for this is like sub 90s animation. <laughs> I don't know how they did so poorly, especially in an age where animation is just getting better and better. But no, nope they they trashed it. Yeah, uh, and that's that's just the animation because the storyline is also just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the story is that an entire school um, is transported to another world um and the only i love how god comes over the pa yeah and and the only dude who excuse me students this is god yeah but uh, i think the dude's name is uh keichi is that right i i can't remember any of these fucking protag names like don't (laughs) but but he's the only one sent to an area different than the other school children um they're all sent to like a courtyard in like a castle town or whatever let like and he's sent off to the middle of a jungle with uh fucking nothing <laughs> um and also he's he's like the only fat kid in the entire school i guess um it, it gave me strong excel world um vibes except he does not stay fat even throughout one episode uh no he evolves and becomes skinny because that's how evolution works. 
Uh, via the title uh, thing, The Fruit of Evolution, which is just a random thing that he finds in the world and then eats. Yeah, it's essentially like and a devil fruit, except more boring. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with that. <laughs> um, it's Seiichi. Seiichi. Okay. Um, and then he, uh, he, like, four months passes by, and he hasn't leveled up at all, but he's gained a whole bunch of skills and become really strong. Which makes me wonder, like, like how this world even works, and I'm never going to find out, because, spoilers, I'm never going to watch <laughs> another episode of this fucking shit. Same. Same. Um, <laughs> And, 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 like, and this uh, take this is from someone who is trash isekai. <laughs> like I, I watch all the trash isekai and and still like them despite knowing that they're trash isekai. You're super um, into Sword Art Online. <laughs> yeah, I, I still genuinely enjoy Sword Art Online. Um, so yeah. The, I'm I'm not going to be continuing this beyond the one episode I watched. Yeah, and I didn't think I was. I knew it was going to be extra garbage, but I didn't realize yeah. Isekai could be this garbage without also hitting like the absurd ludity of something like a conception. Yeah. Um. Which maybe it, it will become that later, but it didn't in this first episode. So. I mean, there is the uh, gorilla girl that he flirts with, and then apparently at some point, based off of the opening of this, uh, she becomes a hot naked girl who wants his babies. Right. So I mean, even as a, a gorilla girl, it. she wants his babies. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, th- it was really bad. Th- that's all I have left to say about it. It was just the wor- it's easily the worst show this season. Yeah. Uh I'll I'll agree with that. So to uh to switch off from the bads, let's get to something that I think we might think is both think is good. Uh which is another trash isekai. No, actually I guess it's not an isekai, it just feels like it. Um banished from the hero's party, I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. Yeah, so not an isekai, but all fantasy an anime isekai. now feel like isekai. Um, that, Correct. That's yeah. really just what that is. Um, yeah, they don't they don't so know how to do fantasy a... anymore without feeling like an isekai. Action adventure fantasy romance slice of life. Yeah, and uh, this one appealed to me because uh, basically it's it's a pretty well done uh fantasy anime but the concept is if you've ever played fire emblem basically the jagan archetype oh who is the guide the the big all-powerful guy in the beginning that you get that gets outmatched by just regular leveling characters within the first six or seven chapters john Uh, he's no longer wanted by the party so he gets kicked out John, my my note in my Google documents is main character is like a Fire Emblem's Frederick or Marcus took being abandoned by the hero as a sign and went off to do their own thing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because that's what it is. It's it's the, the Jagan archetype gets kicked off. Um, You're not useful to Seth us anymore. Or, yeah. 
and uh, and they're very rude about it. Not the hero, the the hero's compatriots. Yeah. Um, because I think the hero is actually his sister. Yes. Uh, um, it's not immediately pointed out, but by by the like second half of the first episode, they they do say yeah. that that's his sister. So then uh, he leaves. He goes to a faraway place that nobody would ever want to go to. Changes his name, uh, hides most of his abilities, and works to start an apothecary. I thought it was interesting that he changed his name to Red, even though his hair is not red. He doesn't wear anything red. There's nothing red (laughs) about him. His his name is just Red. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Maybe he likes the color. Maybe. I am blue. But he wears a lot of blue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and it's it's just a super chill anime. Uh, he, there, There's not really anything exciting that happens. Because, uh, again, to, to acknowledge, he is far more powerful than anything else around him. He just hides that because he doesn't want to become a big deal. And he's also, he's he's super powerful, but in ways that, like, literally anybody could become if they just put the time into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, which is why he doesn't measure up I'll... to the hero and her compatriots anymore, because they're all, like, super powerful in really unique ways. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was just a fun little thing. I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Um, I'm sure more action and adventure will happen later on, but, uh, I'm happy with the way it is right now. Um, I did want to point out it's, uh, the, the opening song, which has horns in it, um, and, <laughs> and it doesn't seem to match, like, the show at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the opening itself isn't much to care about, you know, it's mostly just action scenes like whatever but the the song mm-hmm. itself is like easily my favorite song of the season except yeah. for uh the one from the vampire dies in no time okay <laughs> do you want to talk about that yeah we can talk about it really quick uh the vampire dies in no time is a comedy anime about uh a vampire hunter who is sent to go after uh, Draluk, who is um, supposed to be, like, the progenitor vampire, the strongest vampire who's ever existed, nigh invincible. Um, And it turns out that when he gets there, that's all just shit that a tourist guide said once, and it stuck around, and he's actually, like, a total (laughs) wimp who dies at, like, a breeze, um, just completely turns to sand. Now he he is immortal though because like every time he turns to sand he can then put himself back together, but he, yeah. he's nothing in a fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and it become like after the first episode, um, the the vampire hunter whose name I think is Ronaldo. Correct. Yeah. He oh, shares you, your name. You've seen this one? <clears throat> I didn't see. No, it on I've your just list. got the. Uh... I've got the Annie list. Uh, oh, okay. Listing for it pulled up. But yeah, like, like he he has to move in with Ronaldo after uh, hijinks happen in his castle, and the castle gets destroyed. Um, so now a vampire lives with a vampire hunter, and more not just a vampire. Too. 
the the elder vampire uh, supposedly not um <laughs> I, I think he also says he's not actually a progenitor vampire but like like he's <laughs> just a vampire <laughs> yeah yeah um okay l- like i said has a very good opening um i don't know how to describe you just have to listen to it, it it's really great uh, and and it's right. also more visually appealing than um aforementioned banished from the heroes party yeah yeah well since we're talking about um the music uh i guess i will talk about one that you don't have as well which is uh the world's finest assassin gets reincarnated in another world as an aristocrat i wonder whether this was a manga beforehand or whether it was just a light novel that was a light novel novel. (laughs) Um, so it's a, uh, action adventure, drama, fantasy, mystery, romance. It's one of those awful fucking everything shows. Yeah. And it's, it's an isekai for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, the title says it all. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, the world's number, our world's number one assassin, uh, gets reincarnated as the eldest son of a family of aristocrat assassins. And, um, still assassin, in ex- yep. In exchange for being reincarnated in another world, the goddess has imposed upon him one condition kill the hero who is prophesied to destroy the world. And so, I he he does, but he also like assassinates other bad people as well. The first episode was a wild ride <laughs> because. First of all, there was the opening, which is just, I, it doesn't fit with it at all. The music is just all over the place, and it doesn't, it doesn't make you think, hey, this is going to be a fantasy assassin's thing. It's, it's just, like, completely weird music. It, it threw me off. Um, and then it starts off. Uh, you don't get introduced to any of the characters. You're in a um, a auction house where they are selling off women to rich people as sex slaves. Okay. And I immediately am like, what the fuck did I click? Like, this does not a- at all what I expected to be watching. <laughs> now, everything's, everything's clothed. You know, there's there's not any violence happening now. This is just the auction house where the dirty old white men are bidding for these um, young uh, women. And uh, then it turns out that two of them are plants and are actually assassins. And they start taking out all the dirty old men, which I was very pleased with. It, it was, you know, Justice Boner and all. Uh, <laughs> so it's like that. It's that same kind of satisfaction that you get from like the the slave auction scene in One Piece, where Luffy just punches the shit out of the the world noble. Yeah, where they 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 just kill them all, <laughs> and you're like, yes, yes, please kill them all. Uh, and then you get introduced to the um, the main character in this other world uh, who fires his magic sniper rifle because of course 
there's magic sniper rifles, and to, to kill the last big ringleader of this awful, awful area. And then it takes you to a flashback to his last mission on Earth before he gets resurrected. And, okay. And through through his death. And honestly, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I You don't get to see much of him in the first half, because it's all the two girls and all of the garbage happening. But I really liked how they handled that um both both from a um animation perspective and also like the story and the writing and everything seemed pretty good for that section and then i it was interesting seeing because it was it was really deep dive on um the character because it was it was just if two characters for the rest of the the episode uh the assassin and like a, a trainee he had um and and so you you really got to learn who the character was really quickly because they really focused on him. So I'm I'm curious to see the rest of it because there's only been one episode so far uh, where we get to learn more about him in the fantasy world and how that works. Right. So definitely one I will be continuing. Uh, I haven't actually seen. I didn't know that one existed. Where are you watching that? Um, the internet. It's on Crunchyroll if you want to watch it there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, don't ask me questions you don't want to know. <laughs> no, I did. Like, that was what I was looking for, was Crunchyroll or Funimation or what what platform it was on. I, I do not watch it on Crunchyroll. But <laughs> it is on Crunchyroll. <laughs> okay. All right, you pick one. All right, uh, let's see. What do we got here? Um, I'm going to talk about another one that we haven't both watched. Um, okay. So Platinum End is basically Mirai Nikki, um, but maybe trashier or maybe not as trashy. Uh, it really depends on what you think of as trash. Uh, <laughs> um, so this guy, he's like graduating from middle school. Um, he comes from a very abusive household. Uh, he has like no friends and he's about to commit suicide. Right. And he throws himself off the top of the school building or some building. I think it's the school building, but it also seems way too high to be a school building. So unclear. Okay. But before he hits the ground, he is rescued by an angel. Um, and the angel offers him the, a choice between two powers. He can either take uh, wings of freedom, which would allow him to fly, or he can take a, a red arrow, which would allow, uh, whenever he shoots someone with it, they fall instantly in love with him. Um, mm. And he asks, uh, ¿Dónde es dos? <laughs> <laughs> Poor K. <Nelustos. laughs> and, and uh he, he, she's like, well, yeah, you can just take both of them. Like it's really just tradition that we offer it this way. And so he gets both the wings of freedom and the red arrow. And um the angel then tells him that actually, uh, hey, you know, you you live with uh this your abusive aunt and uncle. Um well they actually killed your parents for insurance money. <laughs> um okay yep 
And so he goes home and he shoots his aunt with the red arrow. And once she's like in love with him, uh, she admits that, yeah, uh, they did murder his parents and his younger brother. And she did it all because her husband told her to. And then, uh, while the two of them are fighting, like the aunt and the uncle, because the uncle walks in and he's like, um, why the fuck you tell him that? Uh, he, he said, he says, why don't you both just die? And because she's in love with him and she's like committed a sin worthy of like the atonement being death. Uh, she takes a big kitchen knife and stabs herself in the throat. Uh, Okay. Yep. Um, very graphically. Uh, my, my note here is it could have done with some warnings before that episode. Be, like, I'm a very tolerant person of graphic imagery, and there was a lot of stuff in this episode that towed the line even for, like, me. Um, yeah. It, and, and, like, by the end of the show, it's... Uh, it, it the angel spells it out that like there's 13 other god candidates out in the world that have variations of these powers um and they're battling each other in order to become god uh so it's mirai nikki um yes and they just i mean the main character's name is mirai yes so. it, it's very uh, <laughs> very obvious um but they haven't spelled out the rules of the death game very well yet um so, uh, I I just don't know about this. It's not. Yeah. It's not actually. It's not at the fruit of evolution level where I absolutely won't watch any more of it because it could be like fun trash going forward, and this is just like a Goblin mm-hmm. Slayer esque uh, way too <clears throat> gross of a first episode. Um. Yeah. But. I don't know. It, it's it, your mileage may vary. It, it, the, the show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Let's let's go back to another one that we've both seen. Um, the night beyond the tricornered window. I have shit to say about this one. I do too. Uh, first of all, what the fuck does that mean? Don't like, know. <clears throat> it it has nothing to do with the show it's just hey let's slap some words that sound cool together um anyways it's a uh dramedy mystery supernatural um erotic boys love yeah no it's it's i don't know how it isn't just entirely boys love because it it really is it's 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 boys love yeah and very very erotically boys love yeah like the, um, half of the conversation between uh, Mikado and Hiyakawa in the first episode is just euphemisms for sex. Oh yeah, yeah. I more than half, and, and then more than half of the actions as well, where he yeah. like, bites his neck. It's and just sex. He, it's just sex. Like he, uh, Mikado at one point explicitly he, asks why he isn't hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, it starts with a bookstore employee, Mikado, who uh, can see creepy things, and he tries to ignore them because he's scared of them, and then uh, finally he meets a exorcist, Hiwakawa, 
and uh, Hiwakawa uh, basically molests Mikado's soul for the rest of the show to yeah. cause the, him to kill uh, these bad spirits and stuff. And also, there's this other side, like, the, the, the main overarching plot where there's this girl who's killing a bunch of people. Hira Erika. Uh, with curses. Yes. And, uh, uh, yeah. So, have you seen the second episode of this? Yep. Okay, because where his soul gets bound to Hiyakawa, and I went, oh, gross. Yeah, that was the episode where, like, like, the first episode, I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And the second episode was like, oh, Hiyakawa's an abuser. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the first episode I watched, and I went, uh, this isn't for me. <laughs> like... I, I can get down with some. I can get down with some good dudes. I I have no problem with that. Um, this is this is a little much. And then and the the rest of it besides the the boys' love, just really isn't that interesting. Like I, like there's there's not really a whole lot of substance to this. It really is just yeah. Let's have a a thin veil of supernatural on top of boys love that's that's what it is like i thought it might be like a boys love ghost hunt type of thing right like it's got a it's got yeah. romance but it's also got a lot of like cool supernatural shit and i thought the first episode did a good job of mixing the two together the second episode does yeah, not it was okay correct it, and that's that's what i was like I know there's going to be a second episode of it before we do the podcast, so I will give it a second chance just so that I can come in with everything that I can. <laughs> so I watched the second episodes of everything, even if I knew I wouldn't like it, like Maruko-chan. And, yeah, nah. No, the second episode uh, makes this, the show worse. It, uh... Yep. This is, this is one of my pass anime. Yeah, uh... Like when when I say Hiyakawa is an abuser, I mean like he is intensely jealous of any interaction um, Mikado has with anybody else, be they man or woman. Um, and, and like yeah, no, like he puts a supernatural, I would call curse on Mikado that uh, makes it so that whenever he has like a, a very significant interaction with someone who isn't Hiyakawa, it like physically pains him or something. Yeah. It's unclear exactly what happens because every time Mikado passes out from whatever the fuck is going on, uh, it just doesn't show us yeah. what's happening. Uh -oh. It's, I would not suggest this to anyone. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's gross. It, it yeah, it's gross. Yeah, that's the word for it. So you've got a lot more that I'm not watching, I think. So why don't you pick another one? All right. Uh, Build Divide. Build Divide is um, it's a card battler um, that takes place in a city that's like I think it's cut off from the rest of the world. And the, the idea behind the game is um, 
like players are battling these cards to collect 21 essentially casino chips in order to challenge the king of the city and if you win you have your wish granted like whatever your wish is the king grants your wish okay um and the first episode i thought was actually a really i didn't realize this was a card battler going into it uh the blurbs <laughs> and everything about it didn't spell out that it was a card battle it, it said it was like an uh of like video game or something that that the uh entire city is like run off of and i thought it like based on that i thought the premise was kind of like ready player one but without all the like constant nods to 80s bullshit um <laughs> And I was like, oh, well, that could be interesting. Um, And it is. And and the first episode, it actually does seem to care about, like, you knowing what the rules of the actual card game are. More than something like a Yu-Gi-Oh! or uh, 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 another similar show. Like, the entire first episode is a battle between the two main characters... Um, where like the the main main character is amnesiac at the start of the episode and he doesn't remember why he's there or who he is or anything um and, and this uh, this young woman uh challenges him to a duel in order to like teach him the rules of the game um and, and then like throughout the course of that battle he like like regains most of his memories and remembers what he's there to do um which is beat the king, so that works out. Uh, okay. <clears throat> and I, I just thought it was a it was a good uh, first glimpse at a card battling anime. Um, if you're into card battlers, this is a good one to check out. I don't know if the game itself is any good because I imagine this is based off an actual game, um, but it seems interesting. Uh, I don't see any references it to being based off of an actual game. Huh. But that's... It seems like it, it would it be, could... because it has a lot of, like, very unique uh, <clears throat> monster, like, designs and stuff. And yeah. it does have I a... I mean, it could just be that it's not... One yet. ...on here, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're waiting to see how okay. the show works out before they uh, print some cards. Uh, apparently it is it is it is a mixed media project and the card game debuted in october of this year oh okay so it just came out all right october 8th i wonder if that game is in english because i'm uh, the the cards looked cool i might actually pick up some of those cards okay yeah i don't i don't know how you would get access to it so yeah uh i'll go with with one of my other ones, there's there's a, a few of these on here that are a little weird to talk about for me. So, uh, one is uh, Restaurant to Another World 2. It's the second season, so you'd have to have seen the first season. If you have, uh, it's a it's a really chill, it's really chill <laughs> anime. It's a, it's technically an isekai, but not really. So, every Saturday, uh, this chef... Uh, opens up his restaurant, but instead of it opening up to, you know, Japan, it opens up um, in another world, and it has, like, random portals all over the place that 
that that are hidden. So it's it's not like just filled with random citizens from this other dimension. Um, but like there there's these hidden doors that appear across the land and uh, denizens of this other world enter and he cooks them food and they pay for it. Um, but it's from that you'd go, all right, so that's kind of like, where's the interest in it? The, the episodes are cut into like two vignettes per episode and each, each one will focus on one of the fantasy characters It'll be a fantasy character. Maybe they're they're running from people trying to capture them, or they're out in the desert and they've you know they're they're passing out from from lack from exhaustion and and they can't find anything, and and it'll follow their lives until ta-da, a door opens or they find a door and they go inside and they're shocked by you know it's just a door and then it opens into a full restaurant. And they sit down, they don't know anything, and they order food, and it's the best food they've ever had, because of course. Um, but it's it's just interesting, it's a it's a, a small show that just gives you short little vignettes into other people's lives, and then over time, like, throughout the course of the season, one of the people will interact with another people, and they'll, they'll explore that, where they, they go outside of the, the restaurant, and they do things there, based off of things that they did inside the restaurant, and, and at no point does the chef come out into the other world, or anything, and, and vice versa, nobody sticks around, and, and goes to our world, it's just a once-a-week thing that happens, and it's, it's super chill. It's a nice little, f- fun little small anime. So if you're interested, uh, I would suggest giving it a look. Okay. Uh, do you want to do uh, another one? Because I think you have more on here yeah. than I do. Uh, yeah, sure I will. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about another one. Um, the Aquatope on White Sand, which we talked about last time. Yeah, because <laughs> I still didn't watch another this is episode. A continuing episode or continuing season. Uh, so I guess I'll I'll give a, a quick review of the first half. Uh, it was pretty good, and then it was just surprising. I didn't expect this one to be a two seasoner. I mean, this isn't season two. This is just a second core, the second half of it. Yeah, and um. So the first first half deals with um, Kukuru is a uh, the acting director of an aquarium. Her grandfather or whatever runs the aquarium, but it's in disrepair, and he's off trying to find people to take the fish. But he's he's a famous aquarium director, and she is more than prepared for this, um, and so she. Uh, she's an 18 year old high school student, um, and she's, she's acting director of this aquarium and she does not want the aquarium to close. So she does everything she can. Um, and, uh, meanwhile, uh, Fuka Miyazawa is a ex idol. She just ran away from her job as an idol because, uh, it did not appear that there was going to be a future for her there, and she runs away and ends up in Okinawa at the aquarium, and th- she uh, 
begins living with Kukuru and her her grandparents and helps with the aquarium. And it's all about them working together to um, help Kukuru with her dream of getting the aquarium back working. Well, also, and there's then at magic the end of the season, eh, not really. There's there's very little. I mean, yeah, they, they occasionally people will see the things that help them in their personal life, but that doesn't happen all that often. Oh, I thought the first episode put so much yeah, the, emphasis on it. The first episode it, made it. Yeah, it made it seem like it was going to be a big thing. Yep, but it it really doesn't. It happens a couple more times, and they try and do an episode about it where they they realize that this thing's happening, and they they try and get people to come and see it so that maybe since it's not haunted, but I don't remember what the the better word for it is, uh, that they could, you know, maybe that would be enough to keep the aquarium from closing. But uh, spoilers for the end of of, of the first half of it, they fail. Oh. The, The aquarium shuts down. Okay. So what's the yeah. second core about? Uh, they go to work at the at a new aquarium that opened a, a big aquarium um, that opened nearby, and and they had helped train some of the people for it in the the first half, um, and they were upset with them because like they didn't you know they didn't think that this other aquarium needed to exist because hey we have a, an aquarium. Um, so they, they go to work for this other aquarium and, uh, everyone from this crew, including people that were not actually part of the aquarium the first time, uh, <laughs> and they go there and they, I, I mean, so far it's been Kukuru dealing with not being an aquarium attendant. Uh, because they go there, and and she was the acting director before, and her love is for the animals. That's all she really cares about. And the director of this aquarium was very impressed with her. So he puts her in marketing. What? <laughs> yeah. The last place now, she wants I, to be? Correct. Behind a desk, wearing a dress, having to, like type up things for trying to get people to come to the aquarium. Now, I I believe it is because this director is no slouch and actually does think that she has what it takes to become a director and is trying to teach her all of the the extra things beyond, you know, dealing with the animals. You can't just be feeding fish all the time. Yeah, no, no, she, she definitely can care for the fish better than probably anyone else at the aquarium because she's grown up working for an aquarium. She's grown up working beside her grandfather, who is a huge name in the aquarium world. Um, so, like, she's got the knowledge, she's got the skills, but it's more than just that. You gotta know how to get people in you got to know other things and i think that's what the director is doing but she's struggling with it because you know it's not what she wanted to do it doesn't hold her interest it's not even close to it yeah and and so it's it's dealing with that and um it's it's interesting because i 
and and we definitely haven't seen any of the the secret of the aquarium since going to this new place. So I I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of the season goes. Okay. Especially since I did not expect it to last two cores, and I did not expect for the aquarium to just shut down. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, hey, that thing the whole show was about, uh, they failed, and the show keeps going, because, hey, life keeps going. Yep. So tell me about Digimon. Okay, Digimon's gonna be real quick. Digital monsters. Yeah, Digimon's gonna be real quick. Uh, Digimon Ghost Game is a it seems to be a supernatural mystery uh digimon show um okay and it's it it's digimon um i I don't know what else to say about it the 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 main character is you know uh he's a he's a protagonist there's not much to him he's energetic is his name hero his name is actually hero <laughs> I know. <laughs> his his last name is like a mouthful. I can't. I, Amana. Amana. Amanakawa. Amanakawa. Yeah. I'm like, who? Why? <laughs> um. <laughs> but like, like the first Digimon they deal with is like a Clockmon or something. Um. And he steals people's time. He like, like middle school children become old people whenever he like touches oh. them. But then they, like, break his clock and everybody turns back to normal at the end of the episode. Uh, but he's still out, out hmm. on the on the lamb, so that's probably going to be a thing. Okay. Yep. Uh, the- uh, I've, I've got a short one to talk about. Okay. Uh, Komi can't communicate. And the reason why this is a short one is because I intended to watch it, but uh, it said episode one came out this week, but it was just a trailer. Oh, I bet it was delayed. So, um, but this is this is a Netflix anime, and the reason I I really don't care about this at all. I guess I'll talk about it next week. Um, oh shit, I missed one. Um, <laughs> you missed one too, I think. Maybe I don't know. Um, but the the only reason I would watch this is because the Reddit for it is one of the biggest subreddits and it always shows up on r slash all and i run into it and go what the heck is this i don't why why are you showing me this (laughs) but apparently it's it's hugely popular so i figured i'll give it a try and it's not out yet and it's not out yet okay uh, okay, so we each have like one left, and then one uh, like like one we haven't both watched left yet, and then one that we have both watched. So, uh, well, let's save let's save the one we've both watched for last. That was going to be my suggestion. Uh, okay, so I'll go first with a uh, Tack Top Destiny. Um, this is a show wh- which is very it's the probably best or second best uh, Sakuga of the whole season um okay it takes place in a world like it seems to be our world because they like the main characters are on their way to new york so probably our world um but probably music is prohibited because it attracts weird space demons called d2s um and, and these these 
D2s are battled by uh, special maybe humans called music arts and conductors. It, like, like the show's lore just says that like music arts just kind of showed up one day and started battling them. Um, but the music, the main music art in the show is like the sister of who appears to be a human, or at least she's called the sister of this person. Um, hmm. So I think she's a human with just a special power. Yeah. Um, and, and then the conductors like basically give music arts their power. Um, whenever a music art, like music arts can, are already strong on their own, but the conductors can like give up an arm temporarily to give them like even more power, which is, uh, in the show, it translates to like, she, the main girl is usually wearing like a white outfit. And when the dude gives up his arm, her outfit turns like red and she, she can start like flying around and shit. Okay. Um, there was a show last year called Listeners, which had a similar concept of like like music is gone and people fight monsters that are react to music. Um, but Listeners was shit, and Tacked Up Destiny is not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it like definitely one to watch. It, it's really good. Okay. Uh, another one that is definitely one to watch is uh, uh, Taisho Otome Fairy Tale. And I did not expect to like this this much. It's It's got a Tonikaku Kawaii uh, feels to it. Uh, let me pull up what the actual English name for that is. Uh, Tonikawa Over the Moon for You, which came out fall of last year. Oh, uh, that's the one about the teenagers who like get married. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of feels, uh, similar feels to that because it's it's the romance, but it's just feel good romance. It's not really horny romance at all, which is good because again they're teenagers, right? Um, so uh, it's this one's a uh, a historical uh comedy drama romance slice of life, and it's. Uh, Shima Tamahiko is a self-proclaimed pessimist who hates the world, and with good reason. Um, uh, nobody loved him and his family, and then he was out driving, or he was out riding in a car with his mom when they got hit, or they had an accident or something. His mom died, his, um, dominant hand or arm was disabled, he can't use it at all anymore, and because of that, his extremely wealthy family exiled him to their country house. Fucked up shit. Yeah, that's, and the family is disgustingly wealthy. That's the movie Beastly, like, actually. <laughs> yeah, this, 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 this family is, uh, just disgusting disgustingly abhorrently wealthy okay uh which is why at the age of like 17 he's um basically retired because <laughs> they could just afford to do that uh but because he's off all alone and stuff the father says that you know hey you're useless you're worthless and stuff but like fine i'll get someone to take care of you so that you don't just die out there uh, much as it would be good for our family. Wow. Uh, so I'll purchase a bride for you. Oof. Agreed. He mail orders a Russian and bride? No. Uh, the So the way the dad makes money is he is a money lender. Gross. 
I told you they're disgusting family. Man, you love it when um, uh, the main character's dad is literally Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> um, it's just not good. But uh, so he he finds one of his lenders who's you know or one of his borrowers who's who's very in the red and he pays off their hundred thousand yen debt um by purchasing their daughter who is 14 i think wow which again is too young to marry even then he bought a slave yeah he did it early because you know he's disabled so he needs someone to take care of him so uh, they're not technically married until she hits 16, which, thank goodness, Japan's better than that now. I mean, like, I nominally, Japan's uh, age of consent is 16 still, but every single prefecture has it at 18 or above. <laughs> okay. Because that's just the, that's just the national limit is that. But every single prefecture has their own manually set to higher. It's important to remember that uh, since World War II, Japan has been functionally run by fascists that just don't call themselves fascists. Which is why shit like that yeah. doesn't get changed on a national level. Yeah. yeah, but at least it's changed functionally on a national level. Yes. You, you cannot marry someone under 18, and in some places you can't do things until, like, 19 or 20, which, you know, score. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, get out of your teens before you do stuff. Sure. Um, but anyways, um, so he's just depressed and he hates the world and everything and he's not expecting her at all and she trudges through the snow to reach him they didn't even drive her out there no why would they (laughs) wow um so i don't know because they uh, bought a slave uh, and they want her to be alive to be the a slave also (laughs) i don't know uh I, i i looked it up afterwards um anywhere between uh 100,000 yen uh back then was anywhere between 400 to 700,000 dollars nowadays. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um so anyways, she comes out and his first thoughts were of like taking care of her cuz she's been in the cold and stuff. He still hates the world and everything. He has no interest in her, but he he still puts aside his own, you know, hatred of the world to take care of her f- as when she gets there. And then is like, I mean, if you need to leave, you can leave. Like, I don't, I'm just going to stay here and be miserable. But she takes this as a sign that, like, you know, she expected him to be abusive because he's this crippled, depressed dude down in the middle of nowhere who's been told he's worthless. And his dad is Ebenezer expected- Scrooge who bought a slave. Yeah. I'd expect him to be abusive. Like, <laughs> I'd go into this going, man, he's going to be abusive. Um, but no, it's it's actually super chill. It's a super just cute, nice. Uh, Yuzuki is the, um, the, the arranged bride. And just she smiles and you will die for her. Um, 
and uh, it's it's just a really good anime so far. But it's it's interesting because on the one hand, it's got this sweet feel good nature to it, but there's still this undercurrent of just sadness because she was ripped out of school. She's lost all her school friends and stuff, and sold from her parents or by her parents to pay off a debt. Right. Also, <laughs> to this parents of the year, right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then on the other hand, you have Tamahiko, who is miserable because he's crippled and his mom's dead, and literally no one in his family uh, wants him to exist. Uh, and his dad's a piece of shit. Um, and also, they're both out in the pers- middle of the snowy woods, I guess. Yeah. Now, it looks like they take trips later on into to more civilized areas and stuff as he gets better and more uh, amenable to not being miserable. Right. Uh, but it's it's... I think it's a very good anime so far, and from what I understand, it's it's from a manga that is finished, and there's a sequel that's also finished, and both of them are just incredibly good mangas, so I'm looking forward to this. Okay. Um, last one! Brings us to, yeah, our last one, uh, Sakugan, which uh, has Sakuga in the name of it, and it lives up to that. <laughs> uh... I don't know what Sakuga is. So Sakuga is, uh, it, it's a term for, like, a, like specifically, like, action animation. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it refers to it when it's really good in specific. Okay. Like, really flowy, really uh, punchy animation. I, I will agree. Yeah. This is, this is stellar animation. Yes. Uh, uh I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is, if not the best anime of the season, perhaps the best anime of the year. Uh, mm. See, my issue with it is that as good as it looks and as much as I did enjoy it, it does, it cribs a lot from other places. Um, I mean, it's got major Gurren Lagann yes, vibes. Yes, that's the big one. For sure. It's got huge Gurren Lagann vibes. It's also got kind of like Made in Abyss vibes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that as well. Um, it, it feels like a cross between the two of them. Yeah. And I would say not in a bad way at all. No, it, it's de- it's still really good. It's just... you. It wears its influences on its sleeve. Um, yeah. Especially, like, like, by the end of the first episode, like, you've seen her mom, I think, die in front of her. Uh, yes. It, it's hard to tell if that's actually... I, th- I think it's supposed to be her mom, but she refers to her parents th- by her, their names. Yeah, that was my understanding was that was her mom. Yeah, and, and also, like, her grandfather. Uh, both die, yeah. like, right in front of her. Um... And it's the instigating moment for the series because her dad is immediately like, okay, it's time to go now. It's it's time to uh, do some shit. So just, I guess that we, we provide the proper background so you understand. Yeah. It's a mecha sci-fi adventure set in a 
presumably post-apocalyptic world underground. Hence Guren Logon. Uh, so every... Yeah, everyone lives underground. Nobody presumably has seen above ground ever. They, there is not an understood um, surface world. Everything exists in the colonies, which are um, just large open spaces, or the undeveloped area between them known as the labyrinth. And then there's there's workers who run these special robots, mecha, to, to like clear out areas and, and mine up materials to run power and stuff. And then there's markers who go out into the undeveloped areas. And map them out. And, and map them out. And the, the two main characters are Gagumber, uh, the father, and Mimimpu, the daughter. I hate their names. very young and... Oh, me too. <laughs> I was not going to remember those names. I'm glad you did. I'm I'm on the Annie list page. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gagumba. <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's all about them. They they were workers. Uh, but they have, they've just decided to, to go off as markers trying to find the surface because they, there's a, an old myth legend that a, a certain marker was able to get to the surface and there's now some proof that maybe that was true. Uroropo. Yeah. For some reason I remember that one. I remember Uroropo. Uroropo. Urapop. Oh, well, I didn't remember it. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. Uh, and, like, uh, Mamempu has these dreams about a tower reaching up into, like, a, a starry sky, um, which obviously doesn't exist underground. And then Urapop provides, or somebody going by the name Urapop provides her with a picture of this, this thing from her dream uh, shortly before yeah. her mom dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so those two but, events lead her to be like, like she's already been like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a marker, and then these two events lead both her and Gugumbar to say like, it's time to do that, like right now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, honestly, like the animation is fantastic with the the sound design working right along with it and the story really looks interesting and it's all vivid and beautiful and uh, i i'll agree it it has a lot of made in abyss vibes from just the sheer beauty of the anime so far and then the story seems like a rip of of green log on but we've also only seen the first episode. Well, but there's also but, the uh, the character design is very made in abyss. Like, like uh, they both draw their their um, child characters to be very childlike, so that the horror yeah. that happens to them and around them is even more impactful. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, honestly, I I just looked back through all the anime that I've watched this year. Uh, this after one episode is beating them. So okay, I I can't think of a single anime that I would choose over it for anime of the year. Uh, so 
I'm not going to put it that high up, but I enjoyed my time with it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was the anime for this next season. That was the anime. half of it we're not going to watch anymore. <laughs> we're definitely not going to talk about it again, because that took forever. forever. <laughs> it took forever. Game facts. All right. Well, we'll we'll get through this quickly because it's actually a short. It is one. a short one. Uh, Doctor Robotnik. This week we're talking about. Oh. No, go ahead. Okay. You can interrupt me. No, you can interrupt me. It's fine. I mean, I was already talking and you interrupted. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> tell me, tell that's me, fine. tell me the name of the game. Tell, tell me. We're we're playing Doctor, or we're talking about Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Right, I'm never playing this. I don't know why you said we're playing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you'll play it. I won't. Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine is a puzzle game akin to Tetris, produced by Compile, best known for Poyu Poyu, Gunneck, Shadow Run, and the Sega ports for Load Runner and R Type. Uh, Is that Shadow Run? Which Shadow Run? The Super Nintendo. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, Released for the Sega Genesis and shortly thereafter the Game Gear, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine is a westernized Puyo Puyo with slight music changes and the art taken from the adventures of Song the Hedgehog. Oh, shit. It does say Song. Fuck you, (laughs) autocorrect. That's an autocorrect. Okay. Uh... So this is, it's just, this is a, um, uh, Mario 2 situation. Correct. Exactly right. (laughs) They just took another game and they, they slapped a a new coat of paint on it and they called it something Sonic related. Yes. Okay. Uh, with such a close connection between Puyo Puyo and Sonic, when Compile eventually went under in 2003, Sega bought the rights to Puyo Puyo, and the Sonic team makes all the games in the franchise now. Uh, so this is the point where I ask, what the fuck is Puyo Puyo? <laughs> it's a, um, it's a puzzle game like Tetris. Uh, it drops down two, um creatures at a time so it's not like a, a tetrominoes where it drops four it drops uh, sets of two at a time and then you rotate them to get them connected together that sounds easy sort of like tetris attack uh set on planet mobius dr robotnik discovers beanville and intends to turn all the beans of beanville into robot slaves as one does when they're shaped like an egg Using his new mean bean steaming machine. I hate this. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next. <laughs> the player assumes the role of has been a former bean now robot who must now break into the dungeons where the beans of Beanville are being 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 kept. <laughs> And match his friends in rows or columns of four to cause them to disappear and escape. Because that fucking makes sense, I guess. 
Oh man, I had so much fun having Archimedes write this because I knew you would have fun saying the beans of Beanville. The beans of Beanville being turned into robots by the mean bean steaming machine and then being rescued by Hasbean. Correct. Yep. <laughs> ah, hello. The opponents in story mode are all robots from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, the 1993 cartoon series, featuring Scratch and Grounder as two of the highest-ranking robots just below Dr. Robotnik, since they appear the most in the show. So, so it's not based off the games, it's based off of the show? Yeah. Okay. The show. The animated show, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Actually, sorry, uh, it's not The Adventures, it's... Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. There's no the. Right. He he's not deserving of a Thru- the. It's not the adventures. No. You know. Threw me off so many he times. He had some adventures. They weren't the adventures, but he had some adventures. Yeah. 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 These are some of those. Yeah. <laughs> adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog was almost given a second season, but DIC decided to work on the third season of Sonic the Hedgehog instead. I guess the now-famous Sonic Says PSAs were not enough to get it saved. No, they weren't. You say now-famous, but I I say uh, previously infamous. Previously infamous. (laughs) I don't know. Sonic talking about sexual harassment and telling you to to tell someone you trust that, uh, you know, whenever you've been sexually harassed is, is definitely a thing that should be out there. Uh, I'm going to say that's no good. Uh, (laughs) you could have literally any other way to do it. (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's an approachable way for someone that's young. I guess. Without scaring them. Sonic the Hedgehog is, is, he's just too, he's just too radical of a character. Like it doesn't come across as serious when he does it. Hey, hey, telling someone you trust that you've been sexually harassed is okay. <laughs> the sh- this has just become about the show, also. The show was filled with an incredible cast and crew, much of it taken from a famous show that had ended two years before. Captain N! <laughs> Featuring Gary Chalk, King Hippo, now as Grounder, Ian James Corlett, Dr. Wiley as Coconuts, Long John, namesake of Elton, King Charles, now playing Dr. Robotnik, and almost 50 more. They just recast everybody from Captain N as characters in Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. A lot of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, There was, uh, honestly, like, more than half, I would say, of the production team for this was from Captain oh, it's Oh, it's, it's just the Captain N team gets to make a new show. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess there's not actually much to say about uh, Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine, because these facts... What are you talking about? These facts stopped being about that, that game about uh, three facts ago out of eight. <laughs> <laughs> no no see the opponents in story mode see seven and eight are the only two that are okay anyway that was that was game facts yep, yep. dr robotnik's mean bean there machine. wasn't much to say about it it's it's a game <laughs>
so John, <clears throat> let me take a sip of water real quick. I don't know that you really needed to tell me that. Well, I didn't want you to Could start. You I didn't want say. you to start talking about our new thing. Um, I, I wanted. I wanted to emulation. <laughs> well, it's it's now been set. so. John, I'm gonna step into it today. Um, okay. I'm gonna wade into the swampy refuse of online discourse. Uh, okay, because I, I don't. I mean. I, I also I also agree that Trump shouldn't have been elected, but I mean, um, and also get get your get your vaccinations, please. So, John, have you read the Kotaku article that everybody is talking about uh, this week? No, I I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so Kotaku put out an article titled something like a uh, Metroid Dread is already um, like being perfectly emulated. Um, that's not the exact title. I can actually pull it up. Metroid Dread is already running on Switch emulators. Yes. Um, and that has video game people on Twitter's, uh, underwear in a knot. Because it's, the way it reads, some people read it as being, uh, what would you say, approving of emulators? Uh, and people are like, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, suggest people emulate video games. Um, so I wanted to talk about that. Uh, I will say that it, it does seem uh, just having literally just scrolled through this, um, it, it. It doesn't look like a call to illegally emulate games, but it does look like they mention. I mean, they're 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 just reporting the news for the first half of it. I'd yes. say they're just like, this is a thing that is happening. It is kind of neat. Yeah. And then in the second half of it, it it talks more about emulation and it goes into how it's it's. There are reasons to be happy about emulation because, uh, I mean, it it Nintendo shit uh, sucks at supporting older games. Yeah, <laughs> and so does every other company. They they all suck at supporting the older games. Um, but because this article—that's what emulation is for. But because this article is about Nintendo, I did want to talk about their position in this argument um, a bit more than other companies, right? Um, okay. So Nintendo is, at its heart, a toy company. Um, they were a toy company before they made video games, and since they started making video games, they have essentially just been wearing the suit of a video game company uh, and... Yeah claiming to be one for 35 years when in actuality they're they're a toy company um and you can see that especially with things like um amiibos which are always um underproduced in order to sell them um quicker you can see that with uh like the mario 35th anniversary shit 
where they completely took the game away after March 31st or some shit. Um, It's all, uh, all of their sales tactics are there to create limited availability, um, which is toy company shit. Um, Yes. But it, it creates a situation wherein a lot of these games that they put out are not available to be bought by the company anymore. Um, so with with Metroid Dread, Metroid Dread is a sequel to Metroid Fusion, which is a sequel to Super Metroid, which is a sequel to Metroid 2 Samus Returns, which is a sequel to the original Metroid. And except for, I think, the original Metroid, none of them are available on consoles like that are supported at this time um you can still buy the original metroid on the 3ds eShop, uh and that's it so if you're hopping into this series like like you're if you're hopping into metroid dread you're hopping into a story that is one 35 years old (laughs) in in the telling yes Uh, and which you cannot play the games of most of like you cannot play most of the story yeah. through Nintendo at this time cuz yeah cuz i think there's there's a couple games that just haven't been re-released at all fusion is one of them so, it only exists on yeah. the game boy advance and it is the direct prequel to yes. this i mean i my understanding is that that dread takes place like very quickly after fusion and shares a lot of story elements with yeah it it, it does um from from everything i've heard uh it's it's the direct sequel to fusion um yeah so so this article is pointing out that nintendo has a really uh bad approach to supporting old games um like anything Anything older than the 3DS just doesn't get re-released. Um, mm-hmm. And you see that on the Nintendo eShop with the Switch and shit. Um, you know, they'll release like five NES games a month on their paid service. And it's always like shit nobody cares about. Yeah. And that's the only legal way to buy these games anymore. Other than like buying a physical cartridge for hundreds of dollars potentially from a used game store yeah so emulation is the only like accessible way for a lot of people to play these games yeah (laughs) so that's the that's the build-up um and and now we we get to the point where metroid dread is a game that came out like literally this week um Mm -hmm. but it's already available on an emulator um, I'm not going to name the emulator. Which I'm, I'm impressed by. Yes, it, it, it's very impressive. Um, and it appears to be because the Switch is just an easily emulated console. Um, most consoles are not so it, easily emulated during their generation. <laughs> well, uh, the, the newer ones are because they're built on a framework that is just a PC. Um, yeah. Which, but there's there's no need to emulate an Xbox or a PlayStation because those games, for the most part, 
are also PC yeah, games. Yeah, they're usually simultaneously um, released on Steam or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, Nintendo is is really the only one who who doesn't do that. Um, and also there's just a more of a community around emulating Nintendo stuff because up until the switch switch many or the uh, uh, Nintendo manufacturers made their own chipsets and processors and everything. So it's not like it, it wasn't a PC inside of a, uh, Nintendo console. It was a very complex, specially built console <laughs> just for Nintendo. Yeah. Whereas a, a PlayStations and Xboxes for years have just been a computer and a different box with a different OS. Um that that's that's all it is. It's a PC with a different operating system on it. Yeah. Um but up until the Switch, Nintendo wasn't anywhere close to that. But the Switch uses Android um, chips. It's it's built on an Android um, chipset. So because of that, it, it's, it's much easier accessible. to emulate now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's also to point out that, or also important to point out that dread actually seems to be um better on the emulator uh for one you can customize the controls in one of the emulators as well as the uh the settings for the the frames per second uh, yeah and another emulator has it at like a 4k resolution which the switch just does not do <laughs> uh so I mean, e even from just like an accessibility standpoint, some people might uh, play Metroid Dread on an emulator just because they can customize the controls, um, which is something yeah. you can't do through the game itself. No, a and which is is a shame on Nintendo. Yeah, that's Nintendo's fault, I would say. Yeah, but but like that's yeah. one reason why somebody might emulate the game, a and. But the entire argument against emulation really falls down on the idea that people who are emulating a game are people who would normally have bought the game and have chosen to do this instead. Um, yeah, it's piracy. Yeah, Which is... I mean, it's hard to say whether that's true or not, but it is unsubstantiated. Uh, there is yeah. absolutely no evidence pointing towards the idea that if an emulator didn't exist, these people emulating the game would otherwise have paid for it. Um, mm -hmm. th there's no evidence of lost sales caused by an emulation of a game. Um, yeah. And a as the article points out, this is also like a video game preservation issue. Um especially with Nintendo games who are infamously do not re-release games. Uh, so like in the future, when the switch is like out of, uh, when the switch is out of um, like production and we're on to the next console, what's going to happen to these switch games? You know, like 
are they yeah. just going to be they're going to be left they're just behind. going to be left behind most of them yeah just like all the wii u games and all the- except for the ones where very late in the um the lifetime of the wii right. u like um I, I think mario kart 8 was originally on the the wii u and it just got ported over and then updated i think mario kart 8 deluxe is what it is yes. now but um but yeah, the just a lot of I think maybe wasn't one of the Smash Brothers on both of them? Um the one before Ultimate, Smash 4. Yeah. Yeah, Smash 4 was on uh yeah. Wii U and on 3DS. 3DS, yeah. yeah. I thought it also got ported to to Switch early I don't on, think but so. I'm, I'm I might be yeah, wrong. Yeah, I think there. I think when the when the Switch came out, uh Smash Ultimate came out like shortly after yeah but this is the point where where i like step in it because i'm going to say emulation not bad (laughs) (gasps) how brave how brave of me but like, like for real i don't think that um emulate emulation is not morally wrong I yeah. don't think emulation is ethically or morally wrong, it's, especially in regards to like the these video game companies that that don't re-release their games ever. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, like why why should you not emulate a game if it's not going to be there in the future? It's better to get it out of the way now so that people have access to it ten years down the road than to have to hunt down the game. 10 years from now and try to try to get it out there you know which is what we have to do with a lot of these games from like the 80s or the 90s you have to like hunt down a cartridge and then like copy the code onto into a computer and Mm -hmm. it's a very like difficult process and a lot of games have just been completely lost because it was unable to do back when they were released yes um a a lot of games have been lost yeah like we know they exist but there is absolutely no way to play them in any form Uh, and honestly for as many as we know that exist there are probably twice as many that we don't know exist or don't remember existing that are just gone just from early years so uh and even more than that, if if emulators are going to do a better job of providing accessibility to people, as th- that the one emulator did with the customizable controls, I don't see a reason not to do it. Um, because you're yeah. essentially just making the game better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for like. Uh, pointing to the argument earlier about lost sales a person who would need to customize the controls is not about to purchase metroid dread on switch because they can't do they can't customize it so they wouldn't be able to play it whereas on an emulator it's impossible yeah uh, on an emulator they can play it so that would be how they play the game and i mean i agree entirely uh emulations like there's there's some amount of of theft involved i will agree. yeah 
Like, I, I mean, like, the, the people who are complaining about it aren't strictly speaking wrong. There, there, there is theft involved, and, and there are people who, who will go out and get Metroid Dread because they now they don't have to pay for it. Um, and, and that's true, but I, I think it's important to realize that one, this is going to happen regardless. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, this, someone, yeah, uh, t- two, Wait, uh, theft is going to theft happen. Theft is going to happen. Two, these emulators are actually really hard to like download and get working on your computer. So a lot of people who might do that are going to say fuck the hassle and just go buy it on Switch anyway. Yeah. I mean, I've got a really good computer, and I also have a... uh, I've got a lot of emulators on it. Um, I'll come out and say it. (laughs) Uh, But I I have, like, a GameCube emulator on my computer. and, And my computer's quite good. I mean, I don't, I don't have a 3080 or a 3090 in it, but it's quite good. And it does not handle emulating a GameCube very well. <laughs> you, you, I mean, what you're doing is you're, you're running a computer, and then you're running a computer inside of your computer. Yeah. And game consoles are not designed to have extraneous things happening on them. They, they're really entirely just a game box that's what they do they've they've got like one or two extra things going for like if your console has an ability to record the last you know five minutes of gameplay that that you played so that you can save it and send it to someone or so that you know it it can pull up another app that you have open on it at the same time but for the most part all of their processing power is going towards one thing, the game. And they're usually pretty strong. <laughs> Con- consoles are actually quite strong, and they're really good at doing what they do. So when you try and take that and you put it on top of a computer that's already running 50,000 other things, because computers' PCs are not optimized at all. No. At all. It's- really really depressing because you could really save a lot of processing power if they were optimized at all but they're not um but then you're trying to take a box that is comparable to another console and have it run the game and other stuff it's difficult i i'm i'm not gonna even try and and emulate a switch for another like five to ten years because I don't think my computer could handle right. it. But people that have the need, and we've talked about this before multiple times with the easy mode and cheats and stuff, like, some people just can't. Some people don't have the ability to use those controls. And yes, there are other controls. You can use the Pro Controller, or you can use, um, uh, there's another one. Um, but like there's, there's other setups you can use for your controls, but that still might not work for you. Your hands might still not be able to work that. And this gives you the ability to work around that. 
A lot of emulators also have have settings for things like you being able to slow down the game a little. For instance, if you are just not capable of putting in inputs. Um, so they've, they've got these other things in there because... Uh, in general, the emulator people, the emulator designers work on, uh, work from two standpoints. And there's a lot of infighting amongst emulator designers on these two standpoints. Uh, one, 100% authentic, uh, gameplay. They want it to be exactly right. This is a one-for-one -one representation of... A Game Boy DS or, or Nintendo DS or a Game Boy Color or something, and this they they work on like emulating every single chipset to make sure that it's exactly right. And then there's the other ones that go, well, we also have the ability to just change whatever we want now. Right. <laughs> you don't have to work with <laughs> a Game Boy Advance's hardware. You have better hardware to work with. So you could improve the experience. So, yeah, let's let's just make it so that I can, you know, up-res these things, or that I can have in save states and the ability to, like, slow down and rewind and fast-forward through stuff, because, you know, you don't have that ability in the, the, the Game Boy Advance, but you do on a computer when you have all of the control so uh you know those those things can help people who don't have the ability to control things really fast and that's that's going to be true for for metroid dread uh, i read a review a while back that was like this is a a very very difficult game and and you know the joke uh the dark souls of of blah genre mm -hmm. um but but they mentioned that like this this really is an intensely difficult metroidvania and that's not gonna be for everyone and i know people that you know do love metroidvanias that aren't going to be able to do it as well because they just don't have those skills and they've got no way of getting them um because they're just they're, they're not able to improve in that way and emulators might offer them an option yeah um and i do think it's also important to remember like the company that's being emulated right so in yeah. in the instance of like somebody emulating a nintendo game uh, a lot of people will make the argument that that's a lost income for the developers and it's not um, that is lost income for Nintendo, the company. Um, the developers have already yes. been paid as much as they're going to be paid for making the game. Yeah, uh, and that's always yeah. true. Uh, now, if going to like my Steam, if somebody were to emulate, uh, let's say, Children of Morta, right? That's a shitty thing to do, I would say, because that is lost income for the developer. Because they're publishing it themselves. Um, they get paid based mm -hmm. on the amount of money that Children of Morta makes. Uh, and, and so emulating yeah. that game would be a shitty thing to do. But emulating a Nintendo game, you're not stealing from anybody who isn't already a multi-millionaire, at least. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
but like there, there's also that thing to keep in mind like is this really like i would say is this the hill to die on it is a nintendo ip that is already has almost definitely sold more than a million units already um yeah. is that the the hill to die on about emulation and i would say no uh, uh, like a lot of these people are picking the wrong battle uh yeah th- this isn't an important situation for nintendo except for nintendo shareholders <laughs> yes <laughs> which i am not one. right <laughs> <laughs> neither am i so all right <laughs> That was emulation. We'll probably talk about it again. In oh the yeah, future. it's gonna. I, I could see this it. is a narrative that pops up very cyclically. Like I would say, like every every five to six months, the the conversation about emulation comes up again, and a whole bunch of people get yeah. their hackles raised about you should never emulate games, and a whole bunch of people respond like, "But these companies don't ever release their old games." Yeah, it, it, yeah, it'll be back. And what we we have other ways of talking about it, so I'm I'm certain. We'll yeah, talk about we it. have other ways to talk about it, even if uh, these people who talk about it most of the time don't. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you looking forward to for next oh, week? Oh, what am I looking forward to? I don't know. You go first. Let me get. Give me a moment to think. <sighs> You always do I do. This to uh, me. You spring it on me at the end of every episode. I forget this is a. <laughs> I forget it's a. Th- it's a thing we talk about at the end of the episode. What? What am I looking forward to next week? Oh, you know what? After after uh, lunch today, um, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get everything I need to make an old fashioned drink. Um, oh man, old fashions are delicious. Yeah, that, that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, so, I'm a big fan of an old fashioned. That's what I'm looking forward to. Okay, that's uh, it's very short yep. term, but I can, I can, can deal. Well, with but that. once I have the stuff, then I have it all week at least. You know, uh-huh. so <laughs> hopefully, longer. hopefully longer. We'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, I uh, mean, like the extra shit will last long. It, it's the bottle that I get. Who knows how long that'll last. Yeah. And if if you're please tell me if you do one of the recipes that calls for simple syrup, do not buy simple syrup. No. <laughs> just make it. It's sugar and water. Oh, okay. It's just sugar and water. <laughs> Buying simple syrup is just theft. <laughs> <laughs> you're buying a bottle. I'll remember that. That's the yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, unfortunately, in your time, uh, coming up with things, uh, I was not able to come up with something myself. Oh. So, uh. How dare you ask me a question you don't have an answer to? Uh. John is looking forward to emulating Metroid Dread. (laughs) You betcha! Because I'm a thief! Yar! <laughs> I'd be pirating out there. Yo ho ho um, and a bottle of rum. 
yo ho ho in a bunch of old fashions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to. Um, you know what? I've got I've got a family party coming up soon. With um, and it's going to be this week. Uh, we're, we're we're celebrating three different birthdays, and none of them are mine. <laughs> but still, that's a that's ha- a party getting- full week. It is a party full week, and it comes with both positives and negatives. Positives in that I get to see people I haven't seen in a bit, and negatives in that I have to leave my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> in Georgia, in a pandemic that's still going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it's pretty bad out there. Uh, right did now. I mention before hey, uh, how uh, COVID ravaged my entire household in the past couple weeks? Uh, no, you didn't. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody in my house got sick from COVID, except maybe my roommate, but who knows? Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's unfortunate. He probably gave it to No, me. we know where it came from. It was, a uh, it was a worker, oh. a co-worker at my, my girlfriend's, uh, new job. Oh, bastard. Yeah. Hey, don't forget to share this with someone who likes anime share this with a weeb and um don't forget to rate and subscribe share this with Uh, a mean bean machine so yeah like (laughs) i said a weeb um because you're not gonna find one of those uh and uh we'll see you next time (laughs) bye bye everyone